0: Down to business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of
1: Ireland on News Talk. Tonight to be joined now by some other Waterford businesses um, that are seen as institutions. Uh, joining me here on the stage is. Uh, Johnny Flavin of Flavin's out there in Kilmac Thomas. Kevin Jepson is from uh, Arkeen Quality Food Store, again, another institution in the city. Liam McDonald joins us from Legacy Craft Cider, as does Elaine Power from East Pier Fish Shop. Is it Fish Shop or Fish Cafe? Or? Seafood Destination. There we go. Can I say yeah, that again? Elaine everything. Power <laughs> from East Pier Seafood Destination mm-hmm. out there in Dunmore So you're all very welcome to the program. Uh, Kevin, I might to start with you, um, the business was started by your parents back in the, I think it was the early 60s, um, you've worked in it with your, with your brothers, uh, you've seen many twists and turns along the road, How, how's business today?
0: Yeah, well, um, I, I'm glad to see you we're, were an institution. I'm not sure how, how <laughs> when do you be qualified as an institution? Certainly next to Flavins, we're, we're not, we're only at uh, any start off. No, 67, my parents started the business yeah. uh, um, uh, out on the Dunmore Road. And, uh, you know, Waterford has changed and evolved and so have we. So we're now one of the, uh, an oddity in a way in that we're an independent food store, um, which there are fewer and fewer around. But we specialise in, in you know, different and small batch producers and different kinds of food. And we find that that's a, a very, a very uh, a successful uh, niche for us to yeah. commercialise in. We, we, you know, talking earlier on, uh, Paul Nolan was mentioning about the, you know, the destination and the, the region. We get people to visit us. We get obviously people who visit us lots uh, several times a week or a day. But then we get people from the region who, who come to us once a, once a month or one, yeah. once every few weeks or whatever,
1: you know. And how important is it, Kevin, that, that you know, that relationship that you have with small producers that I think you've nurtured and developed, and it's become sort of part of what you do. How important is that in, in you know in your business world? Well, it's
0: key because you see, there's lots of food retail out there. They, they, it's a crowded market, and they're all really good at what they do. They yeah. offer different things, but they don't. You know, we have to offer something different. And, uh, that's what we do and our customers are you know they appreciate that and they're interested in where their food comes from who bakes it who makes it who rears the the chickens or whatever and the story behind it and you know we we can communicate that not you know we need to work harder i'm sure but they're interested in it so it's a a process as opposed to a, a a grinding chore
1: uh, let me welcome Johnny Flavin, uh, founded 237 years ago out there in uh, Kilmac. Uh, Johnny, you're very welcome to the programme. Nice Thanks, Bobby. Uh, what generation are you of the Flavins?
2: So I'm generation seven. Wow. Yeah, so there's uh, yeah, it's a long time in the family.
1: What about the responsibility that comes with that? Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. So I,
2: I guess in many respects, you know, myself, I've got a brother and sister similarly working in the business. We see ourselves as caretakers of the business to the next generation, having been there for as long as we've been there, still in County Water, if it's still on the River Mahon, same location, Yeah, it's always been there, it's powered by the river, et cetera, et cetera it's 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 a caretaker responsibility, so it's about maintaining it and growing it for the next generation that comes into the fold
1: oh wonderful it's just, and it's so nice to see a business like that survive and thrive. How important is the story the seven generations you know the legacy that was created by you know all your predecessors
2: look it's it's, it's a big part of our story and you know it's something we, we love to shout about and tell people about because it is intrinsic to what we do. It's it's generations of experience. Yeah. That's what it is. It's generations of relationships and experience and, you know, being an expert in what we do. Like we produce excellent quality oats. But beside that, we have excellent quality growers in the region that have been supplying to us for similarly generations. Yeah. And that, you know, that relationship, that partnership, that level of, of continuity, only serves to make it you know, uh, an excellent place for us to be situated, but also for an excellent product to come out of our, out of our factory.
1: Right, stay with us. Um, we want to talk cider now because the man who makes legacy uh, Irish craft cider is with us. Uh, it's a bit early to have the cider, but I hope I'll taste one later. Yeah. Uh, you're very welcome to the programme, Liam.
3: Thanks, Bobby. Thanks very much. Actually, I was thinking Johnny might have brought some porridge, it would have suited a bit better. <laughs> yeah. just, we can
1: just put just... the cider on the porridge and see yeah, how we yeah. get on. See, we never know a combination there. So no. tell us about your business and how it all works.
3: Yeah, so it's great to be here with, with uh, all the guys. But on the, on the drive up, I was just thinking about family businesses and generational and so on. So my business is called Legacy Cider. And that's I'm the third generation in the apple business. But wow. it's not the third generation in the actual cider business. It was my grandfather who grew apples in tallow in West Waterford. My dad then became a doctor in pomology the study of uh, top fruit. And he, he developed his own uh, miniature apple tree. I was working with that for a few years. And then I moved into the drinks industry. And then I, I always wanted to work for myself. And I got the idea then of uh, doing because uh, I know apples so well, of doing a craft cider. So we're the third generation in that. But it's so intriguing that um, <coughs> the family businesses, I was just looking it up on the way. And of the second generation businesses, that's businesses that survive. Uh, the first generation going to the second generation, only 30% of those lived through. Yeah. So it's quite a... a no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they say it's the third yeah. generation
1: who caused most of the damage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they've survived that, yeah.
1: yeah. So t- so tell us about the process of of making the cider, growing the apples. Yeah. Have you been, you obviously have an orchard.
3: Yes. How many yes. trees would you have, that kind yeah. of thing? Well, we don't have our own. The, the, one of the guys working with us, uh, James, he has his own orchard, so I bought, buy all of the apples from him. Okay. There's other growers in the area as well, and we, have, uh, we buy from them. But yes, we're in the process now of, of planting our own orchard, which is, which is fabulous. But it's like what we sell, Bobby, is we sell quality and we sell uh, authenticity. So we, we make it in the traditional way. We get the apples in, squash the apples. Um, that's apple juice. And that converts into cider then. And then we blend that. We use about seven different apples. We blend them all to create. The How does, long
1: does that process take?
3: That's about nine months. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you,
1: you, you've it, like, like any kind of crop, I suppose. You've yes. got to wait for your money.
3: You've got to wait for your money. Like, yeah. So and, and the way that we do it then is um, so we, as soon as harvest comes in, like some of the apples mature early and some mature late. So as soon as they mature, uh, we squash those, get the juice off those. And there's a certain time to do it. It is like the man from Del Monte. You've you got to get them when they're hard and they go too soft. You won't get the, the extraction rate from them. So we're doing it so long now that we're, we, we really do enjoy that, that element of it. But... Um, we only have one stab at making the quantity that we want. So if we want 200,000 litres, whatever it is, that's all that we have for the whole of the yeah. year. If we want apples now or in, in spring, forget about okay. it. OK, so
1: remember. yeah, you've got to hedge yeah. your bets.
3: Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. exactly. Uh, Elaine Power, you're very welcome to the programme. I haven't Bobby. spoken to you in a while. Tell us about your world now.
4: Well, it's like an episode here of Who Do You Think You Are? I'm third generation yeah. and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. of a family that's been in business in Dunmore Maurice. My grandfather opened a butcher shop and a pub in 1905, um, we're still have been in business now for over 120 years. My uncle runs the pub now and my aunt, and my brother has the shop, it's separated into two businesses, and they shoved me down onto the side of the cliffs and done more to the harbour. And I opened East Pier, which is a fish shop and a seafood takeaway. Right. So uh, that's where I am now, and it's my fifth year in operation.
1: Well done. And and tell us then about the business. Um, are you buying off local trawlers? Yeah, well, I always say that you can
4: eat the view if you sit outside my place. Which is wonderful. You, yeah. Uh if you look down onto the harbour, you see where the fish has landed, been well the the amount of boats that are left now, Irish uh, trawlers, you know, but there's all those. That that, you know, EC policy and all that, but we we still uh, get get our fish locally. Um, We look across to the cliffs in Dunmore, and you can see where my potatoes are grown by a local producer, own Dunphy out in Dunhill. He's got land taken in Woodstown, and also um, our oysters, which are really really popular. They're actually grown in Woodstown. So I always say to people, you know, where where you know where do these come from? And I just point, you know, that's that's where they come from. So uh, we try to have everything like always fresh, always local. That's that's my my um, our our hashtag and that's that's our tagline. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and what about availability of fish? Does that-
4: Oh my God. Yeah, don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, you know, because we do everything fresh, that can be, that. It, it's like I buy in every day and I'm very good, I'm very lucky, not very good, sorry, I'm very lucky that i very good uh, suppliers. And But it goes from day to day. Sometimes the boats, you know, if the weather's bad, if the, the bo- boats stay out because of the price of diesel. Last year, there was a tie up scheme because yeah. the EU was paying them not to fish. There's a lot of trawlers gone out of the fleet now.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, they've was been talking P. to
4: decommissioned
1: since breakfast. I know I interviewed the uh, CEO of uh, Bordish Kawara but maybe 3 weeks ago. Mm. And I was, you know, that whole thing, well, it's really sad to see the demise of the fishing fleets. There's one maybe in 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 some small uh, way that maybe there's a slight upside because it allows people actually cash out. Yeah uh, that was the argument that's been made but like the it's fact it's changed it's changed the village you know yeah, we were done
4: more always there was fortunes made and lost you know um like down through the years my family survived in the winter time the fishing was really really good to my family yeah. you know as uh, summertime you'd tourism and fishing but in the winter time fishing was just a massive um employment giver um you know all the pubs were packed you know you'd walk yeah. through you'd, you'd you'd see the frenchman coming in you'd smell them with the galois cigarettes coming up the road and the garlic you know yeah no. um, it was just a totally different way of life yeah. it's changed now and i mean we we the village is a beautiful place there's still boats there's sm- some smaller boats there's still some trawlers but that's the problem the trawlers are leaving the fleet and there's everybody's vying for the the fish that's being landed sure. and you've got belgian trawlers arriving in uh, every single day you're swimming there swimming with my father the other morning in stony cove and i said what boat is that and daddy said there's a belgie she's from a, she's she's buying but she buys stuff from my brother in the shop so that's not bad but yeah, um, she landed, big articulated truck there. Everything goes into the back of the truck. I was having a problem getting fresh hake for my business that day. And off the, the truck goes off to off to Laird and onto the ferry. And, and what after, and does there it goes bring to the back
1: fish. then? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the other so thing.
4: So that's, that's it. But look, that's been EU policy and that's the way the world, you okay. know, it's
1: gone, yeah. Kevin, can I ask you about food inflation? Um, it's been a very challenging marketplace, particularly over the last two years. Um, how do you... I suppose walk that tightrope that is how much do I charge for this versus how many cost increases I can absorb?
0: yeah, well, it's the old Chinese proverb may you live in interesting times it's a. Uh it, it, after COVID, the COVID kind of put things in aspect, I suppose, and it, it was frozen. And then after that, we, we, you know, inflation just seems to have taken off. Uh, um, yeah. uh, obviously, you've had Jim on. will tell you more about how, wh- how and why that was. But I suppose dealing with it from our point of view, uh, we have the inflation on the the, the various products because of the all the input costs and in, from the the makers of the of the pro- food product, all those have gone up. So we we get we get uh, we, we get an increased cost. We have to pass that on. Um, and you know you're right. How much can we bear? You know yeah. we, we have to then protect our margins. We have to stay in business, and our costs have also gone up. So it's 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 really a very difficult time. I think it's I think it's leveling out now a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's been it's been a very difficult time to um, to keep ahead of of, uh, of everything changing.
1: Johnny, can I ask you about the wider breakfast market, mm-hmm. um, with with the brand that you have and the strength of the wonderful Flavins brand, uh, the diversification into other related products. How do you pick what new products you develop and and why?
2: Yeah, look, it's it's a lot of market research goes into anything we do in our in our business in terms of where we explore in terms of new product innovation. Um, you know, by and large, the, the porridge has been our. Breadwinner, that's the main product that we have on our shelves. And anything we've tried to do beyond that in the breakfast cereal market has always been an extension within that. So we have, for example, a Muesli product, but it's a high level of our porridge oats, and it's similarly in the granolas. It's again using the porridge oats. So when we're looking at innovation in the breakfast space, we're talking about oat-based innovation. That's our specialty. That's what we like to do. That's what we know best. Yeah, and that's probably
1: where you can add greatest value.
2: And exactly, that's where we can bring the best to it.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Um, Back to the cider, Liam. in terms of this year's crop, how's it been?
3: Good, yeah. Funnily enough, we had a a bumper crop last year and the place was flooded with apples. So this year it's going to be uh, a little less, so prices will go up. So it'll be uh, a little bit more difficult, but that's where we live with.
1: And how then it seems to me as well that with a lot of the new craft beers and if you go into uh, an off-trade or an off-licence, the crowded space, how, like getting yeah. yourself on that shelf yeah. and staying there is a yeah. real challenge.
3: Real challenge. Yeah. Now, like there's been a big change over the last probably four years. Um, it's been coming for quite a while, but like there was so much energy back in 2010, 2012, when all of these craft boys were coming up and there was so much innovation between them, it was a real exciting time for all of them. And now that's all leveling out and a number of them quite a high percentage of them are are dropping off and the bigger guys are taking over. So there's
1: consolidation in the market.
3: Hugely, yeah, hugely. but for the cider guys, I suppose we never really got a day in the sun, you know. And it's it's kind of like we're the Irish wine, really. Like it's made like wine. It, it is really high quality. We work very. It's it's not like what people would know a cider back in the eighties. This is a whole different yeah. area. Like when we're when we're tasting cider now, I'd say, uh, would you like to taste a, a local craft cider? Oh no, I don't like cider. And th- what they're saying is, I don't like you know a certain brand that's they're not talking about. <laughs> they don't like. No names mentioned here at all. I'm just talking. You know, conwell <laughs> Champagne. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I know, and best of luck. They've done a great job on that and the marketing of it. But um, so there's a lot of good headwinds for us over the last while. We've got an excise rebate, the same as the microbrewers, and. Um I think that's gonna work for you. Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: well, maybe last word to you, Elaine. It's, it's, it was almost by coincidence that the four of you are uh, generational businesses. Uh, we, we, we didn't uh, put the panel together on that basis, but the, the, the family business and its importance in Irish society, businesses like your own, you mentioned your brother, your dad, you know, doing running various arms of of, of, of a family business.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, you, you're invested in the community and you've been there for years and years and you know we've seen so many things come and go and uh, yeah. um, it's great to be part I'm very lucky actually to be in business in Dunmore East I, I really count myself lucky um, you know um, to be able to open another business there and um, yeah I just think you're part of the place and I think you have a better you've an understanding you know you're part of the fabric so you know it's a bad summer July is a bad summer yeah. but um, you know we've had a great May and June and you know you just think you know my father's got great wisdom as well you know um he always says you know the old dog for yeah, the hard road yeah and you know the sun will shine all we need is the sun to shine you know yeah. it'll be fine and it all evens itself out you know so you know we've we've been through bad winters and bad summers and you know you just put the head down and you just keep going you know
1: okay well listen it's been a real pleasure to talk to all four of my guests uh, johnny flavin from flavin's uh, Kevin Jepsen um, from Ardkeen Quality Food Store, Liam McDonald from the Legacy Irish Cider, and Elaine Power from the East Pier Food Fish Emporium. Thank you. <laughs> Down to business
0: with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at eleven on News Talk.